The following podcast has been paid for by Perched on the Top Rope. Hi, this is your stats. You are listening to Perched on the Top Rope. Welcome everyone to Perched on the Top Rope. It's me, it's me. I am your host, former dirt sheet writer from Daily DDT, the sportster, the richest ringside news and sports kita. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Lee Walker. And Saturday was a fun-filled pact of sports entertainment slash professional wrestling as we had AEW Collision going head-to-head, basically, with a WWE PLE fast lane. Now, I will talk about fast lane because it is the bigger part of the show here. The show kicks off with the undisputed tag team championship match, the Judgment Day of Finn Balor and Damian Priest taking on Jay Uso and Cody Rhodes. Now, Jay Uso had split away from the bloodline, has moved to Monday Night Raw. Main event Jay Uso, as he is now known as, seemingly was unsure of what he was going to do. At one point, actually quit. Cody Rhodes helped bring him back. This magical story. Being the savior and the hero that Cody Rhodes is. The Judgment Day, the evil bad guys here. The antagonists try to poach Jey Uso. They want Jey Uso to be part of the Judgment Day. Jey has a match on Raw against Drew McIntyre. The Judgment Day come out to to help him, show him support, show that they're there for him, that they're on his side. And in return, he super kicks every single one of them. Minus Mommy, that is. It would be after that match that the Judgment Day would retaliate and attack Jey Uso with his savior Cody Rhodes coming down to save the day, the American Nightmare, stopping the Judgment Day. And that leads Adam Pearce to come out and make this match for Fastlane. Now, if you had any concerns going into this match, you you should have felt that way because Jey Uso and Cody Rhodes have not had much time in ring working together. So it was going to be interesting to see how the two would would work together. And to be honest, I'm not a throw-together team guy. I've made it clear time and time and time again. I'm a huge fan of tag team wrestling, but I'm not a fan of throw-together teams, and that's exactly what this is. It's a throw-together team. Am I a fan of it, necessarily? No. I know there's a storyline for this, for Jay and Cody Rhodes to team up, but to get a tag team title shot so soon tells me that there is a lackluster of what WWE is doing in the tag team division, which, you know, we also know that uh, one half of the Viking Raiders is injured in my honest opinion those two should be the tag team champions because they seem to be the most devastating tag team that wwe actually has but that's for another time and another story and another show right now this is fast lane so 
great match regardless. Uh, the two men, Cody and Jay, working, they worked really, really well together. Go back and watch the match. There were some really cool spots, especially the finishing of the match, which we saw Jay Uso uh, have Finn Balor up in like a waist lock, and Cody Rhodes goes off and hits the Cody cutter, the springboard cutter from the middle rope. And they drop him like a 1D slash, well, really 3D. That's how I know it, because of Bubba and Devon, the Dudley boys. And then Cody picks up Finn Balor, hits the crossroads, 1, 2, 3. We have new tag team champions. The American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes and Jey Uso, defeat the Judgment Day. And I am really, really curious where this is going to go. Uh, JD interfered. We saw others interfere Dominic and, and Rhea try to interfere in the match as well and they came up short later they apparently had a plan uh, for Damien to want to cash in his money in the bank and seemingly it seems as though Rhea is the leader of the Judgment Day and everybody basically talked Damian Priest out of doing it. Now, one thing that WWE does after the pay-per-view is now is they have their little media scrum, which is what AEW does. You know, you have basically the top dirt sheet writers going to these events and getting to do interviews and then getting to be part of this post-media event after the pay-per-views. And, you know, this was the first match on the card of the night, so after Cody and Jay had apparently went and uh, celebrated a little bit, and it kind of showed in the uh, media scrum, in the press conference for Fastlane. So I'm going to play their highlights because it's rather hilarious. And for Cody, it's definitely unlike him. And... You know, we haven't heard anything about repercussions or anything. I highly doubt there's going to be, but uh, just take a listen. Y'all know Kasama. Kasama been here older than she older than all of us. Like she's she she been here since both our daddies was here. <laughs> but full disclosure, Ud and I might have had a libation or two on the bus. <laughs> Hi, Jay. Hi, Cody. Uh, congratulations. <laughs> um, I hope you don't hate me for bringing this up. I I wish you had asked an easier question. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know. Ask Jay. Jay, where are we at in the story? Uh, <laughs> uh, sorry, honey. We all, we all hustle hard. Everybody's in their hustles. I bet a bunch of y'all lost lost money thinking Judgment Day was going to win tonight, though. Let's go. You feel me? You feel me? Come on. Appreciate him, though, man. But, man, come... <clears throat> my man. That's my man. Um, I, I, I'm a, the question. We veered away from it. What was the question? Feel me? Feel me? For real. Do you feel him, sir? Do do. Video, 20-year-old. So, Donnie Burgess, Network, Indiana. Um, oh, you local? Yes, sir. A local? 
So you brought up the nightmare. <laughs> you brought up the nightmare factory earlier, Cody. Yes, sir. Great bonus question. Hard question. <laughs> Yeet! How's it going, y'all? That was amazing. I gotta say, that was amazing. So I wonder what their beverage of choice was on that bus. <laughs> Sounds like it's going to be a good time with them as a tag team and them as tag team champions. So for once, I am actually excited to see what happens here. I know that in some sort of way this is playing into the storyline with the bloodline. So we'll have to wait and see what happens. As we did find out that Roman Reigns will be back next Friday on SmackDown. So that will be exciting. To see as well. Normally I don't do this next part, but I'm going to review these anyway because I absolutely, absolutely hate them. Uh, they're ads. Everybody hates ads. Uh, but this particular form of advertising is a way that WWE can get away with it without having to cut to a commercial break or have to deal with the you know, way of Peacock being $4.99 and you get ads or $9.99 and you don't get ads. So this is more for those people who pay the $9.99 and don't have to worry about ads. It's called in-program ad placements. And WWE loves doing this now, especially with this, this merger from... Uh, with UFC and Endeavor and, and, you know, the TKO ordeal. We go to the back and it's Stu Bennett, a.k.a. Wade Barrett, with Booker T and Xavier Woods. And they're about to have themselves a little pizza party, courtesy of Pizza Hut. They're, you know, really trying hard to act like they're hungry and yada yada. It's whatever. I hate these things, to be honest with you. It's just... It's super annoying, and it was something that was done in early times of television. But it is what it is. It was a good segue leading into the next match, which was Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits taking on Santos Escobar. Rey Mysterio with Selena Vega, as uh, they didn't have a partner as Rey Mysterio made a phone call on uh, Friday Night Smackdown as the two other members of the LWO had been attacked by the Street Profits, thus leaving these guys shorthanded. The match starts off as literally a handicap match. It's supposed to be a six-man tag. However, it starts off as a three-on-two match. Uh, Ford and Dawkins make fun of the team being short-handed. Escobar lands a flurry of strikes on Ford. Mysterio would end up clearing the ring. Uh, Mysterio had been beaten down pretty bad, uh, and there was no one for him to tag as one of the members of the Street Profits would go over and pull Escobar off the ring apron and throw him into the barricade leaving no one for Ray to tag. And ladies and gentlemen, we hear this. Vega begging for 
That's right, ladies and gentlemen, Carlito is back in the WWE. He answered Rey Mysterio, and he it was great to see him back. He looks in phenomenal shape, by the way. So being able to see Carlito in, back in the WWE was great. And so everybody knows, Carlito would hit the backstabber on Montez Ford and get the 1-2... Three. The winners were the LWO after that match, ladies and gentlemen. We cut to a segment to which a car pulls up. Triple H is there. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Jade Cargill to the WWE. Now, it has been announced, I guess unofficially announced, that Jade will be part of the raw brand however in the press conference triple h did mention that uh, she will debut when she's ready to debut now we move on and it is the wwe women's championship matches it is eo sky versus oscar versus charlotte flair and this was a great match really great match I have a gripe that I have anytime somebody is standing on the outside of the ring. And that gripe is people waiting for the person to do their dive or their top rope maneuver. And what I mean by waiting is like when you have a group or if it's like a triple threat match, fatal four way, so on and so forth. Everyone's just out there waiting for the person. It's obvious that a spot is coming and it's always obvious with charlotte flair with the moonsault don't get me wrong i think she has a great moonsault i mean the fact that you know she basically can land on her feet every time she does it and not make a mistake and you know not miss and her accuracy with it is is really great it wasn't her moonsault that did it for this match it was eo sky's moonsault charlotte flair would lock oscar in the Fatal 8, because it's not a Fatal 4, it is the Fatal 8 figure leg lock, and as she did that, she had it, we're waiting for Asuka to tap, Io Sky comes off the top rope of the moonsault onto Charlotte, 1, 2, 3, Io Sky is still your WWE Women's World Champion, and she really needed this win, I think. I don't think it was for Asuka or Charlotte. If they want to push newer champions, then you have to have them make them believable that they are what you want in the company. Because if she would have lost, it would have meant nothing. Because when you look between Charlotte and Asuka, you would say, okay, neither one of them want to get pinned. In this case, there's a bigger story to tell. Charlotte took the pinfall, which really surprised me. 
I honestly didn't see Io winning the match. I don't know what the storylines are for the women going forward or what they have planned for Io Sky. But she's still your champion. So tune in Monday for Monday Night Raw and see what they have up next for her. Now we go next as we have an in-ring segment with Pat McAfee, who, after all, they are in his hometown for this. And he was basically there to hype the crowd up. You know, he wants a WrestleMania at Indianapolis, so he was getting the crowd hyped to get them to cheer about that. And McAfee was basically used to do, uh, to be the one to introduce John Cena for this next match. As Cena's music hits, and Cena runs down the ring in his normal fashion, Pat McAfee goes over to the commentary team for this next match. As we have John Cena and L.A. Knight taking on Jimmy Uso and Solo Sokoa. With Paul Heyman, by the way, who is losing a lot of his black hair and he is basically going fully gray. It took me by surprise, honestly, as I had not known that that was even happening or maybe i just hadn't paid attention but yeah that's a thing ladies and gentlemen and i have one gripe i like jay uso's new theme the way jimmy starts out with the piano i cannot stand it i can't i can't stand it it drives me nuts i don't want to hear it stop it Change that, please. Anyway, this was a great match. Uh, Cena took, I would say, the brunt of the offense of Jimmy and Solo. LA Knight shined in this match. Really fantastic. There was uh, one spot where Cena hits a cross body off the top rope on Solo Sokoa, which Cena in the top rope is just kind of unheard of anyway, especially at his age, being 46 years old. You know, hitting cross bodies off the top rope like that. So he hits the cross body, and as soon as he basically lands and gets on and is on his back after rolling off Sokoa, Jimmy Uso is right there with his splash. One, two, you think it's over. No. Cena kicks out. And with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, John Cena and LA Knight win the match as Knight would send uh, Solo out of the ring. Knight would leap up to the top and hit a superplex on Jimmy, while John Cena would hit the five-knuckle shuffle onto Jimmy, and then Knight would land the BFT for the win. After that, we cut to the segment where I had already talked about where... Damien Priest is still talking about cashing in his money in the bank, and they're like, no, 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 time's not right. Because this brings us to the main event after, which is the WWE World Heavyweight Championship match. It's a last man standing match between Seth Rollins, the champ, and Shinsuke Nakamura. Now, I like like the feud between Seth and Shinsuke. I really do. What I don't like is the particulars to the storyline. And 
The particulars being that the focus is on Seth Rollins' back. Now, he's the world champion. He's the working champion. We're supposed to believe that he is, you know, going to continue to be this workhorse for the WWE, which is which is all fine and great. I, I'm all for that. If, you know, that's what we're going to get. But there is a downfall to this, and the downfall in my eyes is the fact that what happens after this storyline, after the feud with Seth and Shinsuke is over. And I ask this because are we going to hear every every storyline result in them talking about his back, them trying to break his back. Every feud can't be about Seth Rollins' back. Fans are going to get bored with that. Honestly, I'm already bored with it, and we're just one feud in. And the only reason why I'm bored with it is because I have to look at the end game here. Long-term storytelling. He's going to be the champion for a while the way that WWE is making it seem. So if that is the case, how long are they going to run with this for? You know, will he have surgery? Will he not have surgery? I'm kind of expecting to have more stipulation-type matches with Seth uh, in the future, especially with this back injury that they have constantly brought up between him and Shinsuke. So I'm really hoping that they can derive away from that but it's also going to be pretty hard because man they've drilled this into our heads that his back is injured in in this last man standing match we had tables ladders and chairs and mist oh my these guys had a phenomenal match N nothing against the aj styles but it was great it was it was awesome uh, the way the match ended w was good, too. You know, it's a, li a last man standing match. So, you know, they took this out to out of the ring a few times. This ended up into the crowd where they were fighting on, like, a platform up where, like, up by a section of the fans, like this platform thing. And... Rollins hits a pedigree onto Shinsuke Nakamura and then hits a curb stomp onto him. And the referee starts to count. Both men get to their feet, which Rollins grabs Nakamura and hits a falcon arrow through two tables stacked side by side, not on top of each other. Gotta specify that. And Seth Rollins would beat the count, the 10 count, in the last man standing match. Uh, he used the tables to help him stand up. Uh, Shinsuke at like the eight count was like over by more of, well, more over by the crowd, honestly. And uh, he goes to stands up and like makes his face wiggles and falls down. It was kind of corny and funny, but he ends up uh, not making the 10 count. Still, your WWE World Heavyweight Champion is Seth freaking Rollins. Now, one thing I noticed was over by the fans. 
was the PLE specialty chairs. Apparently, WWE is going to be changing how those chairs come about. Apparently, they will only be doing them for like the first six rows moving forward. Which honestly really sucks because I am a huge WWE fan and a huge WWE collector. And if you know anything about me or my show or anything along those lines, that's what I do. I'm, I am a big collector. I love that stuff. So to see WWE doing things like that, especially when it comes to the action figures where there is a lot less uh, window to the figures kind of sucks too. But as Fastlane was going on, WWE went head-to-head -head with AEW Collision. And the opening match to AEW Collision was Big Bill, formerly known as Big Cass in WWE. With Ricky Starks as his tag team partner taking on FTR for the AEW World Tag Team Championships. The match was basically a squash match of FTR. <sighs> Again, man, the disrespect to tag teams. I hate it. Anyway, um, AEW has pinned this to look like Cash Wheeler is injured. <sighs> I, we don't know if he is or really isn't, but... Here's what happened with the match. Wheeler was taken out of the match early while Bill Choke slammed him through the announce table. Wheeler going through an announce table. Uh, Bill then gave Hardwood several choke slams before Starks delivered a spear to get the pin. Uh, this was addressed on Wrestling Observer Radio. According to Alvarez, Cash is injured. Meltzer said that's what it appears to be. Uh, well,. He is injured. That's the story. Alvarez continued. The story they told on television was it was at the pay-per-view when Aussie Open ran them together. They sold it like he'd injured his rib there. Uh, FTR cut a promo in the opening moments of Collision about how they were beaten up and hurt going into the match. Wheeler sold his rib early going in as well. So, we're unaware of how long FTR is going to be out of action. Uh, FTR dropping the tag team titles comes after the fourth match against the Young Bucks had seemingly been set up. The Young Bucks won the fatal four-way match at WrestleDream to earn their shot at the belts. So, you know what's going to happen here. I'm going to guess that Big Bill and Ricky Starks are going to drop the belt to the Young Bucks, uh, which would suck because that would just make them placement holders for these belts. But I would also like to point out, ladies and gentlemen, that this is Big Bill, a.k.a. Big Cass's first championship. Never held one in NXT, never held one in WWE, never held one in Impact. AEW is the first for him to win a championship. Now, there were a few key things I want to talk about from the WWE uh, media after Fastlane. John Cena had brought up that uh, when the SAG strike and writer strike is over, he would be returning 
uh, to Hollywood that he can't do both. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I would like to point out that that strike has been over since like the 17th, I believe. So we're going to be seeing John Cena leave soon is going to be my best bet. Now, we also had Triple H also addressed Adam Copeland going to AEW, formerly known as Edge in WWE, and said that, yes, it was time for them to move on. He wished him the best. He even said that he had texted him that he's happy for him. Uh, if that is the case, though, that I would like to point out that, you know, we've talked about this, especially episode 160 and 159. Uh, WWE NXT is taking on AEW's title Tuesday. This Tuesday. Going head to head. And WWE has decided to completely stack their card, which this is actually... Adam Copeland edges in-ring debut in AEW as he is facing Luchasaurus. So it's going to be interesting there. You know, he says that he wishes him the best, but then is almost sabotaging the show at the same time so that the AEW can't get the ratings uh, for this to happen. And on NXT, John Cena... Paul Heyman, Asuka, and ladies and gentlemen, it is believed that The Undertaker will also be appearing at NXT this Tuesday. You know, it's also being speculated that Jade Cargill is going to be considered a big star for WWE and that there are a lot of contracts coming up for AEW in 2024. And apparently WWE is really high on some of these people, contracts that are coming up, MJF, Ricky Stark, so on and so forth. So it does appear that WWE is looking to get back into the poaching game. Triple H also said at the Fastlane Media call that WWE is looking to go bigger internationally, which generally means that they are looking to basically expand the company again kind of like how they had the nxt uk the nxt this nxt that basically wwe is looking to take over and become the number one wrestling company i mean they already are the number one wrestling company but they're looking to like dominate again almost wwf attitude era which ended up taking out ecw and wcw I don't know if you've seen, but there's photos flying around of the latest AEW collision of the crowds. I don't know if anyone's noticed, but when it comes to AEW collision and AEW rampage, they have been running in smaller venues. Now, I've talked about this on previous shows, especially the last two. Uh, the ratings for the last NXT show were 857,000, where the last AEW Dynamite this past week was 800,000, so NXT is doing better than AEW's main show, and they're going head-to-head -head literally this Tuesday uh, for Title Tuesday, as it's known, for AEW Dynamite to run on Tuesday, and this is the card. We have Christian Cage, who will explain his actions. 
We have Chris Jericho versus Powerhouse Hobbs. Jay White versus Hangman Page. The in-ring debut of the Rated-R superstar Adam Copeland taking on Luchasaurus. Who, by the way, at AEW Collision on Saturday, Luchasaurus broke his finger. So, as I said, this is for Luchasaurus to, like, you know, really get some praise here. And he's already going to be starting off with a broken limb. So that'll be interesting to see how he wrestles. We have the AEW Women's World Championship on the line as Soraya, the champion, will take on Akira Shida. And Ruby Soho is banned from ringside. We have a rematch for the AEW International Championship as Ray Phoenix will take on John Moxley. Now when it comes to this match, I am widely... Widely speculating that John Moxley will defeat Ray Phoenix and that Moxley will get the title back and we will continue with whatever was supposed to happen with the international championship with John Moxley as the champion. And we have a number one contenders match for the AEW TNT Championship, currently held by Christian Cage will be Brian Danielson versus Swerve Strickland. Now, the NXT show has WWE main roster Asuka versus Roxanne Perez. We have a pub rules match as Gallus will be taking on Tyler Bate and announced Ridge Holland and Butch. We have a major announcement from Cody Rhodes, who will also be making his NXT debut. And we have Carmelo Hayes with John Cena, which, by the way, it's been 10 years since John Cena has been seen in an NXT ring. And we have Braun Breaker, who will have Paul Heyman at his side. And there's also a big speculation that a certain individual, a dead man, a phenom, if you will, will also be appearing at NXT. So, if The Undertaker shows up, ladies and gentlemen, remember, spoiler freeze, the way to be. But first, go to youtube.com slash perched on the top rope. You can also check this podcast out anywhere and everywhere podcasts are found from Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, Podbay, Red Circle, you name it, we're there. It's perched on the top rope. And for all you countries who have kept us on your chartable in the top 100, America, Canada, Saudi Arabia, South Africa, and Philippines, we thank you. We thank you for listening. We thank you for tuning in each and every week. And we thank you for putting us on your chartable and its top 250. And we would also like to thank the other following countries, Oman, Spain, China, France, Ukraine, Netherlands, United Kingdom, India, Norway, Russia, Brazil, Bosnia, and Bangladesh for listening in each and every week here at Perched on the Top Rope. Ladies and gentlemen, you can also find us at twitch.tv slash perched on the top rope where I am playing AEW Fight Forever Stadium Stampede because I am ranked 185 in the world on that game. And we're also playing WWE 2K23 because I love a good Royal Rumble, Elimination Chamber, 
all sorts of wide variety of matches on there. So go check us out there as we do that every Sunday at 9 p.m. You can also check us out on TikTok. It's perched on the top rope where we like to recreate the greatest wrestling moments in professional wrestling history using Celine Dion's music, My Heart Will Go On, because that song makes everything better, and you're not going to tell me that Zack Ryder winning the Intercontinental Championship at WrestleMania 32 is not one of the greatest moments in professional wrestling history. Because it is. And if that doesn't tickle your fancy, ladies and gentlemen, you can go watch the Taskmaster Kevin Sullivan go get humped by a dog. It's TikTok perched on the top rope we're also on facebook at facebook.com slash perched on the top rope we are on twitter at perched top rope or x i guess as it's called now and you can find us on instagram and threads at perched on the top rope podcast ladies and gentlemen as i've already stated spoiler freeze the way to be i'm out mm-hmm.